Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jedi Jones. Did you know that uh, they're anticipating Star Wars to reach the billion-dollar mark faster than any other movie? Oh, I believe it. I knew they were going to break box office records. I thought they were, and then they were like all thinking that they weren't. They're like, oh, it's going to come in third, and blah, blah, blah. And right now, top dog, top dog yep. movie. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, welcome to the Church Planner Podcast, where we uh, do eventually talk about church planning. I like that email we got today, Pete. Where uh, I actually sent that over to you because I thought it was uh, really cool. In fact, let me open it up here. This was from, did you see his name? Yes. Grizzle. J- James Grizzle. You gotta yeah. love a last name like Grizzle. Dude, I know it. What's Joe the his of my shizzle? For sure, Grizzle. <laughs> What up, my grizzle? Dude, I love that name. <laughs> so anyway, here's what he uh, wrote into us. Wanted to sh- uh, start off by saying thanks for what you guys are doing. The Lord totally led me to your guys' podcast, or it was Satan. We're not sure who actually led you to the <laughs> podcast. And honestly, I was going to turn it off <laughs> about 10 minutes he, in. He wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> because I was wondering what greatest American hero had to do with church planning. <laughs> So glad I persevered. After 13 years of being a youth pastor in Amarillo, Texas, the Lord has called my family to plant a church here in Galveston. Uh, We've been here for seven months and realized both how difficult this journey is and how amazing Jesus is. Uh, I've heard you guys talk about earning money online, so blah, 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 goes into some questions there. Uh, I'll finish it up by, and by the way, I totally dig the smack talk now. Woohoo! Another convert! Yeah, yeah, he's he's a real convert. 
that's like when someone from Islam converts to Christianity right there. <laughs> he was an enemy of the smack talk. Now has become <sighs> a dear lover of the smack talk. What in the world does greatest American hero have to do with church planning? <laughs> well, actually, my friend, it has everything to do with church planning. After 13 years, Mr. Grizzle, as a youth pastor, you shouldn't even have cared. You should have just been excited someone was talking about something really stupid. How can you be a youth pastor for that many years? Well, of course, Greatest American Hero, I don't know how old the guy is. That's, He's got to be younger than us. That's the thing. It's it, We're old now. We're the old guys. We are. You know what's cool, though, Pete? I don't know how we got there, but somehow we became the old guys. Hey, we used to be Luke. Now we're old Luke. We're wise mentor Luke. I, I can I can dig with that. If you told me I was Obi Wan, I'm not excited. But now I'm watching the movie, going, I'm that dude. Yeah. Oh, the young, the young uh, Obi Wan. I'm old Luke now. Yeah, I'm the young Obi Wan. You're old Luke, young Obi Wan. I don't get yeah, it. Old Luke is the young Obi Wan because he's a young guy, and that's a stage I'm at in my life, man. I'm like, I'm 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 cool Luke Skywalker turned old wise and jedi master i don't know i always kind of pictured you as a carrie fisher myself or a jar jar <laughs> Petey, Petey, be so happy me a talk a church plan <laughs> dude you know what you just made me think of you made me think of our sound tyrone. clip here what's that yeah tyrone totally yeah. He should be doing uh, Jar Jar Binks, not not Mickey Mouse. Oh, we'll have to get him to do a sound clap on that. Get to the church plant! Get to the church plant! Go! No! <laughs> I love that, man. Mickey Mouse as Arnold Schwarzenegger. I love it. I love it. So uh, before we get into too much more smack talk, why don't you tell everyone what they can expect from the serious part of the podcast? The actual church so planning living. Yeah, so our actual topic today is what to do with all those people that come through your doors for Christmas. If you don't realize that Christmas and Easter are opportune times for people, A, to go to church, and B, for you to evangelize them, then you're missing out. And uh, this came up on our Band of Brothers call from Jump School. I don't know if you remember, Pete, we had a, a question about the validity of using special holidays as kind of springboards for uh, greater evangelistic efforts, campaigns. And I thought that was a really great question. And uh, the answer surprised me because uh, <laughs> I was talking brilliant things came out of my mouth. Is that why you yeah. asked me for the recording? Yeah, I actually was like, man, I need to write this stuff down as because uh, I was talking about the uh you sent me an email hey can you send me the link to the audio from the band of brothers because i said some great stuff i gotta write down <laughs> <laughs> that's going in the book what? So, so uh anyways you know one of the things is that and and we'll get back to smack talk but one of the things that's important is that in the bible there is uh validity for using special holidays as evangelistic kind of springboards so for example um, during the, uh, the, the, the feast of Passover, obviously Jesus dies on the cross. That's, that's a heavy punctuation on the part of God to preach a sermon off the back of a holiday. Um, his greatest act ever was done on Passover. Not only that, but, uh, the, the Pentecost was the feast of first fruits. And then the feast of trumpets is where, uh, Jesus actually 
uh, as they were on the temple steps, they pour out uh, water onto the temple steps at the at the uh, gates of the temple itself near the tabernacle. Uh, they pour out a big giant bowl to to signify that God had uh, provided for them in the wilderness. And right then, Jesus stands up and says, "If any man thirsts, let him come to me." And uh, so, so repeatedly in the scripture, you have holidays being used for evangelism. Yeah, that doesn't sound like smack talk to me. No, not at all. I but think so, you started to preach. Well, so so we want to talk today about you know, okay, so you're using because some some church planners feel like they've sold out or they're being cheesy or they're commercializing Jesus. No, it's very biblical to use holidays. Uh, as springboards. And so what we're going to talk about today is look, capitalize on yeah, that. Yeah, they got the picture, man. You don't need to you don't need yeah. to keep expanding on it. Well, no, I didn't actually get to what I was going to say. Which is um what to do with all of them when they get there and how do you get them coming back. So yeah, that's what you said at the very beginning. But no, hey, no. Who's I, counting? I know, but 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 I had to build it up, do but the setup, a, the But layup. you're a pastor. You can't <laughs> stop talking. I, I was crafting something beautiful. You know what I want? I want the Chewy where he's like, rrr, rrr, rrr. <laughs> that's the uh, one that I want. I don't know if I got it. You sent me all those, those ones. Oh, and, it's in there. But it, they got like horrible names. Like, I don't know what any of these are. Let go, please. Don't get excited. Captain, being held by you isn't quite enough to get me excited. Sorry, sweetheart. I haven't got time for anything else. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite one is like all right cut the chatter you know when they're heading down the uh the death star run oh we yeah. gotta play that when we're done with smack talk oh that would be i don't Everybody think i have the that chatter one. i don't think i have that one. Oh, i think i think this is uh i think this is chewbacca <laughs> <laughs> oh so an update on star wars so of course i've been back to see it again and um, I'm not so much cons- uh, convinced now that Ray is Luke Skywalker's daughter. Yeah, nor me. I'm I'm thinking that uh, Ray is actually Han and Leia's daughter. Yep, and that Han was probably an absentee father because remember Kylo Ren said he'll disappoint you. Yeah. And and she she also said the thing that she regret. Uh, uh, Leia said the thing that she regretted was sending Ben away, sending him away to yeah. Luke. So maybe he was a problem kid. Not exactly sure. Um. So I'm thinking that, uh, that for some reason maybe she's a younger daughter, uh, uh younger than Kylo Ren. Like he was. He was, uh, you know, acting up, whatever. She's like, you know what? I got to get her out of here. Kylo Ren just flipped out, just killed all the younglings that Luke was training. Because he, Kylo Ren knows about the girl. You remember, like, he at the very beginning, when she's, she's nowhere on the Imperials' radar, and one of the guys comes in and says, hey, um, the uh, uh, BB-8 got away. Uh, with uh, FN one two whatever his number was, and um, and a girl, and like right then Kylo Ren like goes, you know, puts out and does a force thing, grabs the guy. Guy comes over like fifteen feet, right into his 
his uh, mm-hmm. his, his hand so he could choke the guy's throat. And he's like, what girl? Like, there was something about it. As soon as he heard there was a girl involved, it triggered something in him. Yeah. Like, who's the girl? Who's the girl yeah. on Jakku? He, he knew there was something about a girl. And, and the way she handles the Millennium Falcon. That's Han the other reason. looks at her and goes, it, it kind of like, who in the heck are you? Yeah, that was the other reason I was like, maybe this isn't. I mean, Luke was a good pilot. Sure, Anakin was a good pilot. So maybe it's maybe it's a pilot thing. But I'm also kind of thinking she, I, I think she's Han and Leia's daughter. Which also makes sense that they would have hidden her away from her brother, just like, you know, Leia was hidden from her father. It, it kind of makes sense that, you know, you know, that's going to be the kind of the twist. And the next one is where he goes, I'm your brother, you know, because they're, they're kind of mimicking the previous too, film. They're so mimicking be- too much, almost. We talked And about then that. she's going to go, no, that's impossible. And then she's going <laughs> to jump down a hole. And, of course, her hand's going to be cut off by a lightsaber. Oh, oh, yeah, but they won't cut a girl's hand off. What are they going to cut off? A ponytail. <laughs> I don't even think that she have a ponytail. <laughs> I apologize for my sexist remark. This is an equal... I don't know, opportunity lightsaber duel. Maybe she'll get her hand cut off. Yeah. So, so that was my, that was my rev, rev, rev I can't even say the word revelation the second time through. Cause I was like, you know, and what? if you have to ask the question, what does this have to do with church planning? Like Joe Grizzle, sit tight and uh, you will be rewarded. Obey your master. That's the clip we need. Obey your master. Well, and you will be rewarded. Yeah, I don't know. You know, but here's the problem. Like, you you gave me all these ones with like jacked up names. What is thy bidding, my master? Yes, my master. Oh, yeah. You should not have come back. That's my favorite one for the Church Pointer podcast. (laughs) That fits the context of this conversation. Because if if you have to ask the question, what does this have to do with church planning? You're listening to the wrong podcast. I won't fail you. That one's great. <laughs> or or another classic. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, baby. So uh so what else has happened in the Jones house in the last few days? Anything new? No. Not really. Nothing actually, as exciting as last time. We're, we're we're recording this one a little bit early because normally we record on Fridays. But Friday is uh Christmas Day. So I'm available, but apparently you're not. You're going to be with family. Yeah, I'm kind of weird that way on Christmas. I don't even have church if it's on Christmas. If Christmas falls on a Sunday, I just look at my church and go, look, guys, um, I don't think we'd be letting God down. And uh, go be with your families. You know, we can do a Christmas Eve or a something else. But And then you go to the big family gathering and they're like, oh, you didn't go to church today? Oh, my nope. gosh. Dude, tell me about it. I started to read uh, Barnabas Piper's book on uh, being a PK. And uh, pretty much just read the introduction. I'm like, okay, that pretty much sums up my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's about me. And, uh, and you shed a small tear. It's too painful. I can't read anymore. It's too painful. He's, he's hitting too close to home. Just put the book in the freezer, Pete. Just put it in the freezer. In the freezer? What's up with the freezer? Yeah, remember that episode of Friends where uh, Joey, uh, he's reading um, Little Women. He tells uh, uh, Rachel she needs to read Cujo. He's like, oh, it's the best book ever. Cujo. And and she tells him you got to read Little Women. And uh, so he tells her, oh, you know, don't don't be scared. If 
if the book gets too scary, you just stick it in the freezer and uh, then you have to be afraid of it anymore. And, uh, and then, and then, um, <laughs> he's reading little women and they're talking and he goes, Beth is sick. <laughs> if you know the story of little women, I, I, not that I do. No, I totally don't know. I don't know that story. But uh, anyway, she goes, Joey, do you need to put the book in the freezer? <laughs> he does. I hated Little Women growing up because it was on like every holiday season. I don't know why. Is it a holiday movie? Uh, it kind of is. Yeah, it's it's a big Christmas movie. And her usually watches it every year while she raps. And uh, she was going to have me watch it this like, year. And I like said, no. yo-yo raps? Like hip-hop raps? Yeah, like, like yo gabba gabba. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Have new so you've been you. crushing your children online, I see. With, Those uh, are the best videos a guy <laughs> could ever make. What's funny to me is if you, if, you, if you aren't friends with me on Facebook, it's probably good for you. <laughs> so my daughter just turned one a few days ago, and, uh, and I'm crushing her with Darth Vader and Nadat online. And to me, the funny part is my dad's comments. My dad commented on the uh, scene with my son, Luke, playing with a lightsaber and fighting Darth Vader. But he refused to comment on me crushing my daughter. He, he probably didn't find it nearly as funny as I did. Yeah. Or the people who, who, who liked it. Like, I think everyone kind of stayed away from that. Like, I'm not sure how to react to I got more video. comments on that. In fact, Mike Bonomo's was the funniest. What did he say? Oh, my gosh, dude. I got to look this up. Keep, keep talking. What did Andrea say? Because Andrea <laughs> was funny space. to me. What well, Andrea couldn't stop laughing. She's like, but that's bad. Because it, it basically is Darth Vader showing up, and he does, I think he draws his lightsaber, and then he uses the force to pull this heavy piece of a crashed spaceship down, crashing onto the ground. And so you're supposed to put, like, you know, your dog or someone you don't like in the shot, and then you crush him. Darth Vader crushes him for you. And, of course, Pete puts his kids in there. <laughs> hey, my kids were the only thing that were right in front of me when I was putting in all these special effects on my phone. Mike Bonomo. Well, dude, your, your son has some moves, though. I'm telling you, he's got some Jedi moves. Mike Bonomo put in a clip from um, from Married with Children, Al Bundy, Al Bundy Psycho Dad intros. <laughs> it's <laughs> Psycho dad psych is really funny. That's funny. So yeah. well, cool. Well, hey, should we uh should we get into today's topic? I think we should. Welcome, you are. This week's episode of the Church Planter Podcast is brought to you by Mogive. Ho ho ho. So uh Peyton, tell me, have you been uh wanted to get started with some online giving? Ho ho ho. <laughs> Peyton, uh, it's the end of the year. A lot of people want to get their their last little, you know, tax giving in, uh, things like that. Get get a little little deduction here for 2015. Have you been using PayPal as a cheap and easy placeholder? Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> Just going to keep answering like uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor. We'll stop it, Santa. A better solution is here. It's called MoGive, and you can find it at MoGive.com forward slash church. Ho, ho. It's where you can get all of your on base, on based, your online and text based giving right there, right for everybody. Swimming, swimming, just keep swimming. 
I think you should go to mogive.com forward slash church. That's all I'm Mogive. saying. Mogive.com forward slash church for the non-math pastor. No, again, it's that's the Simplified best way to... Church. Huh? Non-math pastor, Simplified <laughs> Church. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this is what I'm saying, dude. This is so not our day. What people don't understand is how many times I've already had to edit this particular episode by oh the time gosh. we got here. You're keeping it in, aren't you? I'm keeping this last one in. I'm done with that one. I already edited out one bad commercial. I'm not doing it again. If if we had outtakes, this this commercial would definitely have made it. And we never do it. As bad as these commercials are when we make them, we never do that. No, we don't. But I think it's because we got a great topic that we want to get to. But actually, before we get to the topic, uh, I do want to do a special little uh, shout out to um, our uh, our book author. Who uh, who is a sponsor here of the uh, the Church Planner uh, podcast? Peyton, why don't you tell them a little bit about the book? I believe it's a JD Payne. Bring on the pain! That's all I'm saying. A little pain. So uh, this was a book that was painful to read to start with. Oh wait, they're a sponsor, right? Yes. This book took the pain out of church planning. I loved for me. this book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right now he's like. Why did we pay for them? Why? <laughs> Don't worry. It comes out of your marketing budget, dude. It won't cost you a penny. It wasn't Probably you. Probably won't gain you a penny either. It wasn't your money. It's the publisher's money. It's the publisher's money. Here's it. So it's not real money, JD. Here's the thing. The, the book is really good. Um, it's called Apostolic Church Planning. We're just making fun of your name. It's really good. Uh, it is basically um, hitting on something that not many people are, um, and that is church planning uh, as a, almost the church planner is a catalyst and it needs to be said. But, uh, like I said, I, I always point this out. The chapter six for me was entirely new. I read a lot of church planning stuff and he had obviously talked to guys who do what I do. And cause I read that and it was like looking in a mirror going, man, I understand myself better now as a serial church planner which the book isn't really about serial church planning. You could be stationed at one church, and uh, but you would still be a catalyst if you have an apostolic bone in your body. And uh, so definitely check it out. I do want to give a quick shout out. And you um, can find as, it on Amazon.com and where other, wherever books are sold. Yeah, something like that. And Alex Early uh, wrote another book. We're going to do a review in Church Planner Magazine for him. But he wrote a book called The Reckless Love of God. And uh, if you guys get a chance, pick that book up. I started that book. It is dripping with the Holy Spirit and the grace really? of God. I got Definitely a, right a book here. I recommend. Yeah, I got a copy right here on my desk. He, he looks very, um, his picture, did I give you one with the write-up? Looks like Bradley Cooper. I, you know. From he, Limitless. He looks like a, a hipster. I yeah. really, I, I, th- see, I wish I could grow facial hair like that. He's an A29 guy all the way. I just, I want to be able to grow facial hair. That's all I want for Christmas, to be able to grow facial hair. Oh, dude, I would love to see your ginger beard. Well, it's not ginger anymore. I just shaved off my goatee on Monday, and it's because it has so much white in it. I'm turning old. You know what's awesome about redheaded guys is they look like Santa when they're older. You're a young Santa Claus. Have you ever seen the I, old I keep Bass asking and Rankin claymation I, specials? I, I he has red Jamie. hair when he's young. I asked Jamie, I go, hey, do they have any Grecian formula for like men with my color hair? (laughs) 
Or, or you know how like you can go to the paint store and they'll match like any color you bring in. I'm like, I want to give them my hair and go here, match this. Heck yeah, man. Because I'm, I'm tired cool. of this white hair business. Why not? Why not go like black hair next time around? Because black actually does. First of all, I'm way too white for black hair. And uh, secondly, you got to understand the curse of the redhead. If you bleach a redhead's hair, do you know what color it turns? Because it doesn't turn white or yellow, whatever bleached color it is. Does it turn green? No, it turns bright orange, a brighter orange. Oh, wow. It's like so fire then. You can't really like dye it other colors. It doesn't work. Wow. Yeah. Great, Scott. It's time for this week's topic. I've kind of missed Doc Brown. Me too. It's been so much Star Wars lately. Uh, no Doc Brown. No. No, so, it's true. So hit us again um, with the topic. Hopefully this time, though, uh, a brief intro. <laughs> Not a sermonette. In, in case you missed the first intro, <laughs> this intro is actually about people that are coming to your church. What are you going to do with them once they get there? How are you going to maintain relationship? Obviously, you don't have a relationship with them. How do you get them? What do you do with them when they come? Maybe that's the best question to ask. We'll leave it there. All right. So now let's actually answer that question. Let me ask it. Hey, Peyton, what do you do with people once they come? (laughs) (laughs) Well, so this does not become a one-man monologue. Let's just kind of look at it for a second. Let's me and you thrash us out a bit because I think what's more helpful to, to, to anyone who's ever been in leadership, you get kind of the ivory tower mentality. You stop seeing church as it is to people who come for the first time. You know, kind of like we've talked before where, you know, you come in and then people are like, hey, hey, stranger, let us watch your children for an hour. Right. And you're going, "Uh, no, that's kind of weird. I don't know you religious people. And I hear you like to hit kids a lot. So I'm not sure. And abuse them in other manners, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's the key place where where that stuff happens. So, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're kind of like. What do we do? You know, do we, uh, do, do, you know, so we need to look at it from the kind of uh, vantage point of the non-believers that are coming. First question is, why are they there? Why have they come? You know, a, a lot of them. What, what would you say, Pete? I'm, I'm not going to kick into it. Well, you know, here's the, this is not answering your question that you just asked, but it was the thought that went through my head. Because right now I'm working on some marketing stuff and I'm working on uh, putting together a program that's called event marketing. So it's how to reach your community if uh, specifically if you're in real estate, if you're a realtor. And I was talking with a buddy of mine and I said, hey, look, these are the pieces that I'm putting together. Am I missing anything? And so he gave me another five or six pieces that I needed to, to add uh, marketing pieces and they were brilliant because I totally forgot about it. And one of them was the follow-up thank you card. So basically, I'm putting together a whole program. So it's all written out. And literally, all an agent's got to do is like take letter number one, send it out. Letter number two, send it out. That kind of a thing, right? And he mentioned the thank you card. So uh, thank you for attending our event. And I was like, you know what? He's right. Like, people don't get thanked. They don't, you know, thank you for coming to this. Thank you for being a part of this. It it puts you in a position where um, you're talking to people like in a positive light. Like most of the time people talk to a realtor when they're in one of the most stressful times of their life. They have yeah. to move 
or they're going to move. It, it's actually the third biggest stressor in life is moving. I think death is one, public speaking is two, and moving is third. So, you know, this gives a realtor another way that they can reach out and talk to people where they're not in one of those. And I was thinking about that as you're talking about church. If you you had your guests' information, and I know even that you've got to like think, how am I going to get them to fill out a you know one of those cards that a lot of traditional churches have? I, I remember them growing up where um, they'd have like a, a you know a, a visitor card, fill it out, put your name on it, your address, and I remember getting mail for years from, yeah. from churches I went to one time as a guest. Right. Uh, I don't think people should be doing it like that. But if you have people come to your church and you you did something like that and you had their information, how nice would it be to send them a thank you card? Thank you for coming to our Christmas program. Boy, we're really glad that you could show up. It was great to have you yeah. and your family there. And by the way, and we're, we're not going to put you on a mailing list that's going to last forever, but we're just going to let you know some of the upcoming things that we've got in case you'd like to come back. We'd love to have you back. You know, something like that. Yeah. And that really would make an impression on people because no one does that. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. And what I like about that is, you know, sometimes we've got to look at the the underlying philosophy for why we do what we do. Um, I think a lot of people are being very pragmatic, looking at what works, and they're not looking at why they're doing stuff. And one of the things that I'm seeing a lot is people trying to make church fun, trying to make church enjoyable. Now, it's, church should be enjoyable. I think it was Rick Warren who started that, where his first postcard mailer that everyone else, don't you think church should be enjoyable? And that was kind of a radical thought. Like, yeah, you know, it, it probably should and it's not. But here's the deal. You can get into the point where subconsciously you are trying to, hey, yo, hey, well, hey, you know, trying to make church this fun experience because you have this twisted, warped feeling or opinion, or maybe conviction that people are going to come in who aren't interested in God at all, and they're going to come back because you made it fun. And the, the problem is, I, I'm, I don't really have a major problem with, with things being fun, but if that's what you're subliminally assuming will bring people back, then that is what you will constantly be aiming to do is make church fun. Everything that you do will be based around, is it fun? Well, um, I think we you got to be careful fun? what you're talking, because th- that statement, if it was left on its own, would be literally in direct contradiction to what we talked about two weeks ago. Yeah. Or three weeks ago, when we talked yeah. about, hey, why not use Star Wars uh, Yeah, to get people in your church, which is fun. That's and that's what I'm saying is what and what we said was the underlying reason for that is everybody's going to go see it and everybody's talking about it. But we wouldn't on a regular basis kind of have this idea that then the next week we got to do something fun to keep them coming back. So now we got to up it again. We did this Star Wars thing. Well, you know, what we want to do is get the gospel in front of them. See, that's the key. That's the key, because I told you. I got into it with some people on Facebook, and I, I finally just said that was stupid. <laughs> I'm walking away from this because they were there was an article on the internet of you know uh, these churches who had done stuff related to Star Wars, and it was a biased article. Like they were just slamming these churches for how dare you do anything with Star Wars, 
And so the guys on Facebook were like ganging up on these churches. And I'm like, dude, that's so what? I mean, I understand you go to these churches and I know where they go to church. I'm like, okay, you go to these, uh, in this case, they were Presbyterian churches for the most part or Baptist, Southern Baptist. I'm like, you're going to these established churches. You're not in a church plant. You probably have no idea what it's like uh, to try and go into an area with an unchurched people and, and reach them. Cause they're like, that should not be what church is. Church is not for outreach. Like that was one of the guy's comments. Church is not for outreach. You shouldn't be trying to reach out to people. You should be just be trying to feed the flock. What? Yeah. And I'm like, first of all, I understand where he's coming from, but, but my point was, I go, you guys are going to some churches here. You have no idea what it's like for us. Church planners. You don't know what it's like for us in these other areas where no one comes to church. And one guy, he comments, he goes, um, well, you know, if someone were to visit our church, they would know that this is, you know, that God's important to us or something like that. And I, I didn't say this, but I was thinking this. Well, in our church plant, it's not a question of if someone who's not saved came to our church, because <laughs> it's yeah. like almost everybody who comes to our church is unsaved, yeah. at least when they come the first. And that's, yeah, that's right. That That's what we're dealing with. I mean, it ain't an if situation. But my point is, is. And I was making this, I go, just because, you know, some dude dresses up like Han Solo and gets up there and does the preaching doesn't mean he didn't bring the gospel. That's yeah. the real question. Did he bring the gospel or was he trying to make everything light and fluffy and all about Star Wars? That I would have a problem with. Exactly. If if you're watering things down or you're playing to the crowd in the sense of you're whoring yourself out for numbers, in other words, you have no standards anymore. Um, what the people want, we'll give them, you know, breads and cir- bread and circuses. That's our whole philosophy. Um, whatever keeps them coming. Then at that point, you've hoard yourself for numbers. Right. Yeah. Whereas if you're saying, look, here's an opportunity like a holiday, um, Star Wars pretty much. I mean, if, if you were living in any other time, um, any, any other age, the only thing that would ever rival the hype of Star Wars would have been a religious ceremony, a religious holiday. I mean, this was a massive, massive deal. And uh, I mean, it it, it was kind of like a national celebration that this thing had come out. And so you, you can piggyback on the back of that. I mean, um, but, but you don't, again, what I liked about that guy's idea um, of, of how to reach out to them wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't just about making it fun where he's locked into this thing where he's always got to up the ante. Right. Um, like I said, we want to get the gospel out to people. If we can do that and we can, cause here's the deal. Most people on Christmas and Easter, believe it or not, are there because they don't want to be. They've come and you need to know this. They've come with family very reluctantly. Someone has told them usually um, you know, look, the Christmas, your Christmas present to me would be if you came to church with me. That's what I really want for Christmas. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that happens. Easter, it's usually because the family's getting together and the family invites the extended family and says, Hey, you know, we're all going to go down to church in the morning. Then we're going to have the big lunch at my house. I'd like to invite you. There's an Easter egg hunt for the kids or whatever. That's stuff that's going on behind the scenes. And we need to get out of church land. And get our head out of the ivory tower and actually put ourselves in the shoes of these people. When you do that, 
you come back to the gospel. You come back to the fact, this is my one shot with these people, right? Kind of like a, a field preacher, uh, Wesley Whitfield Spurgeon, they used to talk about street preaching and field preaching, that open air preaching, that every sentence needs to be like a bullet. Um, I, I would maintain to you that this is not your easy sermon. This is not your easy week where you just preach the gospel and the Christmas sermon. I would say to you that this is going to be your toughest sermon and the sermon that gives the most opportunity where you have to be the absolute clearest and provide as much of the gospel in a relevant way to people because many of them have never heard of it. This is the biggest opportunity you're going to have. And if that doesn't get you excited about this coming week, or, or I guess this past week, then uh, you're probably not a gospel preacher. Hmm. Yeah. So what what do you do? Okay, someone visited the church. Um, you know, for whatever reason, they came by. How are you following up with that? So there's <clears throat> a couple of different ways. I really liked your idea about the thank you, and that wasn't the direction I was going, but I think well, follow-up and, cards. And to be honest with you, I mean, it's a little bit difficult to do in most of our church plants because you don't have any kind of guest sheet. You know, there's no sign yeah. in or, yeah. you know, drop in the, the new, the new visitor card. So you, you kind of got to think through that. I mean, I know how I would do it, but that, that's a, that's a topic well, you, for another day. You do it though. I like the, what you introduced to our church and that was, Hey, everybody, including homeless people have cell phones. Every homeless people yeah. person I've met has a cell phone. And, and you just said, I remember you said one day, look, we're a church. We don't have a lot of administration, a lot of overhead. So the way we should do this is this texting, you know, have people come out, they text this word to this number and uh, that puts them in our email funnel. And that was brilliant. That's still what we well, do. it puts them in the email funnel and in a texting funnel because um, some people actually won't have email as crazy as that is to me, but they won't. Yeah. But they have a phone, so you can still text them a message. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the things I think that's helpful, and it's not gimmicky, it really is like Pete said. It's it's going to keep them looking out for your mailer or your 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 point of contact when you send them whatever it is. But you say something like, um, hey, as a thank you, if it's your first time here, as a thank you um, for coming, we'd like to send you a $5 gift card from Starbucks. And that's not that expensive. If you think of all the people, now you've got an incentive for them to sign up. And at five bucks, I mean, let's say you get 20 people that are first timers at your church plant, send them a hundred bucks worth of gift cards. That's not too much of an ask because you've now got their contact details and you're going to send them a follow-up. You're going to have things. And, and this is the important thing about the response. The response needs to have things that they are interested in. Not like kind of like Pete, you were saying, here's all this stuff that we got going on. Well, if you say things like, hey, we've got a you know senior Bible study for women's group, you know, they're not going to care. But if you say something like, hey, the church provides marriage counseling. The church provides um, meals when people are sick. The church provides um, food every week. If you're down and out, there, there's no questions asked. We have a food closet. Um, we can we can basically put together five meals for you this week, so you don't have to worry about dinner all week. Um, that kind of stuff. Then people are like, "This church is kind of kind of different from what I thought. I thought these guys were all takers, man, but." 
this church actually is really is here for the community to serve. And, and that is the best gospel witness you can possibly be is yeah. to serve your community. Yeah. But, but talk about things they're interested in. Hey, if you have any questions about God and, and then from the front, one of the things that, that I think is really helpful for people to do. And I, I learned this from one of the students and I'm training uh, in the train station. He has been planting just for a year and we want to get him on the hardcore church planting podcast uh, but he's been doing an amazing work. And he told me what he does is called the three-week challenge. And he got it from another guy I work with, um, a guy named Rick Curtis, works for North American Mission Board. And Rick used to do this in his church. And this is basically what it is. He says that uh, when people come, he says, hey, if it's your first time here today, want to thank you for joining <coughs> us. And we want to... You can do it different ways. This Rick did it did it one way, and Jim, my student, did it another way. Here's here's the two two ways. Rick would say, "Hey, if it's your first time here today, we want to ask you to come back at least two more times. You've come today. We're different every week. Every week you come here, um, you might get something completely different. We'd like." for you to get a chance to get to know us. And particularly if you felt God speaking to you, maybe you're feeling a stirring in your heart and your soul, or you don't even know what to call it, but you feel different. There's a piece of you that seems to be awakening in here. Don't stop that. That's God talking to you. Give it two more weeks. Come back and give us, that's all we ask. Come back two more times. And uh, and the hope is in those couple times, so you're issuing them, Kind of like how you say, Pete, you're, you're asking them for a, uh, oh, shoot, what's the marketing term that you use for it? Um, call to action. You're actually calling them, you're, you're calling them to do something. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's also a, it's a micro commitment of sorts. You know, you're not asking mm-hmm. them to join your church. Just come back two more times. It's a micro commitment. People will make that. That's it. And if they've been brought by someone. You know what's going to happen when you do that. The person sitting next to him is going to look over him and raise their eyebrow and smile and say, huh, huh? There's there's already going to be encouragement coming from the person who brought him. And I look at him and say, yeah, would, would you, would you, you know, they're going to give him that look. Would, would you, yeah, you interested? Yeah. And then that's a conversation. Hey, are you willing to come back, you know, two weeks? It's, you know, you came to church with me once because you know how it goes. All they asked for was once. But you're asking for the bringer for them to come back and try it out two more times. Yeah, I went to uh, to an event one time, and I was a guest of this person. And the speaker said, hey, you know, we have all the guests stand up, and all of us guested up. And, you know, welcome for being there, and blah, blah, blah. And then I remember the speaker goes, well, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. You know, the person who asked you to come here asked you because they think you would be good at or, or you should attend this course. It was some sort of course or something. But I love the way that she did it. You know, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. They think you would be good to to come through this course or to attend this course or whatever. And it was like, but now it was on the speaker. It wasn't my friend. My friend didn't go, hey, I think you should come join this thing. My yep. friend was like, hey, look, just come to this one meeting with me. I got to bring someone with me. Come with me. And then the speaker was like, hey, come back. You could even say it like this. You could say, hey, you know, you've come here today and I bet you've heard God speaking to you. And you know, God has a lot more to say to you. He'll talk to you through his word. He'll talk to you through other people. He might even talk to you through a movie. 
But you know what? He's got more to say to you here. If you've heard God speaking today, then come back and hear him speak again. He wants a relationship with you. And you, you know, you don't, you're not masking the gospel. People think for some reason that if you're going to do asks or you're going to try to get people back, that you got to water it down. It's, it's actually the opposite. If you're honest and you just get it out there on the table and say, look, you've heard God speaking to you today. If they didn't, they'll just be like, nope. You know, but but almost always when people go and hear the gospel, I have this conviction. I, I always feel that people are feeling something. I don't ever think people walk in unaffected when they hear the gospel. Mm. I believe people always are affected by the gospel message. And it either hardens them or it softens them. And uh, I don't think anyone ever comes back the same way twice, you know. Yeah, but um, but the the way that Jim Britz did this that I thought was really good is he called it a three week challenge. He would say, "I want to challenge you. If you were bold enough to come today, and it takes a lot of guts to come to church, then I want to I want to give you a a a a, 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 a the three week challenge. That's what we call it here, and he does this every single week." He always says to anyone who's new, I want to give you the three week challenge. Come back two more times. And so he made it kind of fun and, you know, made it a, a, a challenge deal and people like a challenge. And he says, come back, try it out two more times. Just come two more. And if Christianity isn't for you, you'll know at the end of this three weeks. If it is, you'll know at the end of this three weeks. And he just puts it like that, you know? And, um, so I, 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 I think really there's like different. That. I, I really, yeah. I, I think that's, and I was thinking as you were talking about it, I'm like, this should be something you're doing every week, yeah. not just at the big, you know, Easter, Christmas type things. It yeah. should be an every week thing. Yep. And, and, and you can, you could, I mean, it, absolutely. It's something he does all year round. If you wanted to tailor it towards the holidays, you could. Like, for example, you could say, hey, maybe one of your New Year's resolutions is to look after yourself physically, emotionally, uh, spiritually. I mean, have you made resolutions about your body, but not your not your spiritual side of life? Why not come here for three weeks? You know, I mean, you could totally tie it into that. You know, yeah, yeah. And uh, I agree, man. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. So there's, you know, there's a bunch of things that you can do, but I, I really kind of think that um, you you have to put yourself in their shoes if. If you're going to be a successful gospel preacher, you're going to be a successful church planner, you have to get in the driver's seat of people that are visiting you for the first time. I mean, occasionally we'll do this thing where I'll walk everyone through um, kind of like I, I took Mike Bonomo a couple couple of uh, things about a month and a half, maybe two months ago through the church. We walked from the parking lot. We walked all the way. And you can do this with your leadership team. We walked all the way through. When I come from the parking lot, if I'm a non-believer, where am I going to go? Right? I've not ever been to a church in a community center. This is confusing to me. Um, there's just little stupid things like that that you can mm. walk through. So if you if you know at Refuge Long, Long Beach, we, we went all out with signs when we went to this new building because it wasn't really easy. It was easy at the school. There's one parking lot. And then there was one place we put a little easy up there, come this way. And then there was a funnel. That was it. You know, there was breakfast, there was benches around the back. But in this place, it was a lot more confusing because there was like three or four doors that you could go in. 
So we put signs up and we walked through and I, I basically told them, I said, hey, we got to create a funnel for people. And then once they're, you know, the first thing they hit is the coffee when they come down those stairs, you know, then they, you know, and so you, you just do all that kind of stuff. And uh, you look at the whole thing from start to finish. What is this like for the non-believer coming through my doors? And are they going to get confused? Are they going to get scared? Are they going to get, you know, and that, that that's just something you got to do from time to time. And yeah. that's what we're talking about here. You're. When you're mailing out those mailers, L- everything in there up. needs to be for them. L- let me back up here uh, because something you said a while ago that I wanted to comment on. And unfortunately, I think we went down the rabbit hole as we uh, as we often do. Um, but you mentioned the the $5 Starbucks gift card idea. Yeah. Uh, basically, you know, if you had 20 people visit, it's going to cost you $100. You know. no, I, I tried to do that math good, Pete. I think I did okay. Well, you're not a math pastor, but we'll we'll <laughs> let that one work. We'll let that one slide. Um, those in the marketing world, we call that a premium, especially if you advertise the premium. Uh, that gets people to the church. Like if you did postcard mailers, um, I, I'm not saying you should do this. I'm, I'm sh- there's a, <laughs> there's a purpose behind where I'm going with this. As an example, I was looking at a uh, a well known. Pastor, I'm going to put air quotes on the term church planter because I don't know how much he really planted and how much he says he planted. Um, Peyton and I often refer to him as the shark, so we're not going to get into who it was because <laughs> well, we don't we don't mention that publicly. That wouldn't be cool. <laughs> but that's what Peyton knows what I'm talking about. Um, but I have seen but his now marketing. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, the the marketing that this guy puts out is brilliant. And in fact, he has trained under the same guy that I've trained under, which is one of the biggest uh, marketing names there is. Kind of funny that you'd find a pastor doing that. I respect it as a businessman and a marketer. Um, but I was looking at at one of his marketing pieces one time, postcard mailer that they did, and they had a premium, and the premium for attending their Easter service was. A uh, a book. You got one of his books that he authored. I don't remember what it was called. Have no idea what the topic was. So it, here's here's my point in that. That's called a premium, and it it gets people in. It doesn't have to be a book, but the idea behind the book that's a little bit different than a Starbucks gift card is the perceived value of a book is higher than a five dollar gift card. But his cost would actually be less than five dollars per unit. Mm-hmm. So he can say, "We're you know everyone who attends is getting this twenty dollar book, and his hard cost might only be two fifty on it." Uh, you could do that with audio CDs. So you might go, "Well, I don't have a book. How am I going to do that?" Well, you know, if Peyton and I were to do uh, a special message on saving your marriage or whatever, uh, you know, you come up with a really cool. I could interview Peyton on the topic. Just like we do the podcast, we could record it and we could have the thing burned to CD. And uh, there's probably guys in your church right now who know how to like burn CDs. They might even have a CD burner and could just, you know, dupe out a bunch for you. But now you could have something that you give away that has a perceived value of 20 bucks, let's say, but it only costs you a dollar a unit, right? So um, you could still do the Starbucks gift cards. I'm just saying there's lots of different ways that you can use what we call premiums. Yeah, you could even do something like on your mailer, you can say, you know, the church provides marriage counseling. Request the free CD about how to strengthen your marriage 
and you've totally got that thing filled with the gospel and Christ, and you're going to Ephesians 5, and you're talking about, you know, that there's a third person in the marriage, you know, that's where you learn to forgive one another and all those kinds of things. That, train. that conductor hates you. That's all I'm oh, saying. Yeah, well, that guy's actually not too bad. He's not <laughs> as bad as some. Wow. There are guys that personally, when they go down, they spell out with the word Peyton Jones. <laughs> In Morse <but>, code. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, you, you can have, you know, different things like that, that that are appealing to just draw them in. And more importantly, to get them to hear the gospel. I want you guys to understand this is not being gimmicky in the negative sense of the term. This is this is taking opportunity to get the gospel in them in something they yeah. care about in an area of well, life that's relevant the to them. Here's the thing that's really hard for me to get business owners to understand. It's a term called education-based marketing. And that's where we give them CDs and consumer guides, uh, free reports, things like that. It's education-based marketing. Well, this is education-based gospel sharing or ev- education-based evangelism. We are going to give you what you actually want to know. Um, three things you can do to stop your divorce, right? Maybe that's the the title yeah, of your CD. What a what a title on that. Well, because here's the thing: in every divorce, there's usually one person who doesn't want it. Yep. And that's usually going to be the person who goes to church. The Don't guy want who wants divorce. the divorce. Oh, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but 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 here's the thing: what if you had like three or four of those ones? You know, three things that you could do to stop your divorce. Um, three things you could do to lose five pounds. I don't know. Right. Just come up with something that right. wouldn't be it, uh, that you can put gospel infused in, have someone interview you. Now here's what you do. Here's how we tie all these ideas together that we've been talking about. Let's say you're using the text texting system. Like we do at refuge long beach. Hey everybody, we'd like to get you added to our list. Here's what we're going to do. Here's the number we want you to text. Um, you're going to text like in our case, we've got a number. We put it up on the screen. You're going to text the keyword join. And here's what's going to happen. It's going to come back and it's going to ask you for your name, your email address, so we can add you to our database. And then you're going to get a coupon that's going to be text right back to you for you to get one of these free CD programs. All you got to do is take that to the back info table, show them that, and they'll give you whichever one of these CDs you'd like, and it's yours. Thanks for joining our list. Now you've given them a premium to get on your list, but you've uh, you've also given them some great gospel-filled um, info. I love education-based marketing, and that's what you're doing right here. So case in point, years ago when I adopted, um, my sending pastor, Bill Welsh, asked me to uh, basically speak about um, adoption in Ephesians, and it was right before communion. And I spoke, he told me to take up like five, ten minutes. I think it was ten minutes, and it wasn't any longer than that. I was good about the time. And I talked about how, uh, you know, I used to think adoption was like second best and that God, what I didn't realize is adoption. You have to really, really want this baby to get adopted, you know, to, to adopt. And I talked about all the hoops and the visas and the money raising and the, the legal documents and the international, uh, affairs that we had to settle and on and on. And I said, all I can tell you is the hardest thing I've ever done is adopt a baby across the, the the chasm of two countries. And I said, but I can tell you, I wanted that baby. That's that's something. I wanted that baby no matter what it cost. And I would do anything to get it. And so when when the Bible talks about God adopting you, 
Um, it's saying you really, I mean, you know, let's face it, natural birth, you either want the kid or you don't. But when you have adoptive parents, they're dying to have you. Mm. And, and so I brought this whole thing up about adoption and I'm talking about it. And I'm t- telling her story and weaving the gospel in and out. And it was before communion. And then that got packaged up onto a, onto a CD that was 10 minutes. And what I didn't know is that people were buying it at the back of the church and giving it away to people. And so I had this lady tell me the next time I was back at refuge, she said, you know, my doctor uh, was a Muslim. He could not, they couldn't have kids from their body, uh, natural childbirth. They were thinking about adopting. So he had mentioned this to me and I gave him that CD and he called me up and asked me, how do I become a Christian? And she goes, I led him to Christ through that 10 minute CD. Wow. And, and, and so, you know, the, the, the point of it is, guys, if you're strategic about this and you will, uh, uh, you know, be, like I said, if you're strategic, it's getting the gospel into people. I can't tell, like, that's one of many stories I can tell you where I gave someone a CD and said, just listen to this. And the gospel is preached. And I'm telling you, normally when people get saved, they take that CD and they listen to it over and over and over. And if you've done that, <laughs> given that away at your church, you know what they're going to do. They're going to go, this is amazing. I've never heard anything like this. And they're going to come back. So it's the gospel that we want to be the draw. It's, it's, I don't have a problem with using anything else as a draw. Like, like, uh, uh, William Booth said, if, uh, standing on my head and playing the piccolo upside down would bring people to Christ, I'd start taking piccolo lessons immediately. And I think that's the heart you need to have, whatever it takes by any means necessary. So I have no issue with kind of like what Pete said a few weeks ago, using Star Wars to get people through the door, but dang it, once they're in there, they're going to get the gospel. Right. And, and, and so that's what we're talking about. If you guys would be strategic with your follow-up, um, you want the gospel. The word of God will not come back void. Whatever flyer you send, whatever, but keep drawing them in deeper and deeper into the gospel. And I think you just hit on a really important piece. It doesn't have to be long. Like a lot of times when people are thinking about these premiums to give out CDs, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, how am I going to do a 30 minute or an hour or hour and a half? Do I have enough content? Yours was 10 minutes. Yeah. Like I would actually tell most people that between 12 and 18 minutes is ideal. You and I did a CD uh, where I had you interview me for my uh, business consulting side and we were long and it was only 24 minutes. And that to me is about five to six minutes too long. But it was still good, so we left it at that. Yeah, um, it doesn't have to be long; doesn't have to be drawn out. But yeah, I think that is such great follow up. And then um, things that you can do additionally after that is you could reach back out to people the following week. Hey, you know what? We know that you got the the CD on um, what to do when a loved one dies. I don't know. I'm just coming up with something, right? Sure. Yeah, we've got another one we'd like to give you. This one's on whatever, right? And this is how you get them into your sequence. Yep. And you just drip on them, education-based evangelism. You can let some of these pieces do some of that work for you and, yeah. and share the gospel with people. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? It, here's a, uh, you hit on something really important. Ten minutes is the golden window 
for uh, street preaching, incidentally. Is it? Um, yeah, you cannot expect people to sit and listen more than 10 minutes on the street. They no. just won't. Yeah. And so when you learn, and same with old folks home, you should never task an old folks home with listening to you more than 10 minutes. I'll never forget the first time I went to an old folks home. I started preaching. I was about 30 seconds in, and this senile guy goes, is he done yet? He just goes on and on and on. I was like 30 seconds in. And I realized then, okay, there's a reason why they told me to go 10 minutes here. And uh, 10, 10 minutes is the uh, golden uh, golden number, man, for street preaching. So make it 10 minutes. Uh, and by the way, Wesley, when talking to his, uh, his uh, circuit riders, he told him for the opener, they, they said, well, how, how should we preach? And he said, preach about God and preach about 10 minutes. Interesting. I like it. So I like it. Well, hey, I appreciate uh, all your time this year, Peyton, as we, we round out the year. And um, let me just ask you something, though, in closing us out. Would you consider yourself a math pastor? Um, no. But you were able to do the 20 people at $5 gift cards at $100. I literally, and no joke on this, I had to really think about that. <laughs> you're like, but yes, please be right. Please be right. Please be right. <laughs> well, hey, look, if you're a non-math pastor, kind of like Peyton, we'd like to recommend to you a great resource, a sponsor of the Church Planner Podcast, and that would be SimplifyChurch.com. They take all the stuff that you don't like to do, and they, wait for it, simplify your church. Your church. So head on over to SimplifyChurch.com. And let them know that Pete and Peyton sent you. And when you do, tell them, simplify me. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> simplify me. <laughs> That's so crazy. It, it is. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be gone uh, next week. So Pete's not going to be able to tell me about the man crush that uh, he has on me. But uh, it, it, here's the deal. I'm going to be out. Pete's going to be in. And uh, he's probably going to have a guest with him. I'm guessing, right? Don't that, do that. that. <laughs> or we're going to take a break. But either way, I'm sure you won't begrudge us. But guys, thanks for making this a fantastic year with the Church Planner Podcast. We love your emails. We love your reviews. Keep posting. We'll give you shout outs when you do. And uh, thanks for joining us. I won't fail you. This has been the Church Planner Podcast reminding you if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Church